I'm comedian, writer, and filmmaker Chuck Staten from the punk band Senior Discount. And I'm writer and comedian Brad Rohr from the Providence Improv Guild. And this is the Chuck and Brad Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 575 of the Chuck and Brad podcast. I'm Chuck. I'm Brad. So Brad, I just wanted to say, you know, uh, I've turned over a new leaf and uh, I'm just really getting into some college ball. Um, I'm a big Jayhawk guy now. Oh, what school was that again? It was... There's no states that start with J? No, there aren't. Oh, then it's the Georgia J... Nope. You're thinking of the Georgia Bulldogs, of course. Our, our, <laughs> of course. Our good friend Jim Nellis is a big Georgia Bulldog guy. What? Uh, the, so the Jayhawks. The Jay. Oh my God, Jayhawks! Are, they're they're going to go all the way this year. In what sport? I think. In because, their, because in their they're chosen sport, of because, course. Well, they, I mean, it goes without saying. They participate. You know, if, if they played basketball, they wouldn't win a football championship. Well, if they, they played they baseball, play, they, they wouldn't win a soccer. They championship. play all of them. That's that's my thing. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, I mean, yes, of course, I know. Right. So I'm a huge into the Jayhawk. So uh, do you? How, all right. Which yes. do you think is going to do better, percentage-wise, football or basketball? Got to go foot. You know what I mean? It's the way that we're living. <laughs> What do you mean? Why are you give me that face? That Kansas is a perennial powerhouse in men's basketball. <laughs> and I don't know what the opposite of a powerhouse is, but they are traditionally not great at football. But you know what? Stranger things have happened. Yeah, see? Perhaps they go undefeated. I think they're in the Big 12. Maybe they win that. College football playoffs. They Once you're in, in big... anything could happen. I mean, so... if, if you want to know anything about them, you just ask me. So are they in the Big 12? They are. Okay. Um, so why do you, what's, what's this, uh, sudden obsession with college ball? Well, uh, I just, I think it's where the true athletes live, exist. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's time to give more uh, attention to these wonderful college players. Okay. Uh, you know what? Who's your favorite Kansas Jayhawk player? Any sport. Well, Jayhawk. (laughs) Oh, what sport does Jayhawk play for the you know Kansas what? Jayhawk? He's a he's an all around athlete. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know Got what it. I mean? Yeah. Of so course. He's a he's a multi tiered professional. Nope. Sag. No. No. Um, no not professional. Well, I mean, I mean, I guess they have the the NIL deals right now. But uh, all right, I'm gonna come clean, Brad. I don't know much about college ball. What? But I bought some discount Adidas running shoes. Right. Uh, and they came in. Great shoes are killer. They feel great. Uh, very cloudy. You know, the cloud foam or something. Right. Um, and uh, it feels like I'm running on a cloud. But there's a little cartoon bird on the back of these yeah. shoes that I think is part of the reason that they were on clearance, mm-hmm. and that's why I was able to get them for such an affordable price. And uh, I, I think this guy's a Jayhawk. This this guy. I think he is. Ku. It says. Yeah, like Kansas University. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if they're running shoes, yeah, you're not wearing them for fashion. You're wearing them for fitness. I mean, I'll also say I don't mind that little bird. It's cute. Yeah. It's having fun. What if people come up to you and they're like, "Hey, who's your favorite Jayhawk of all time?" I'll go, Jayhawk. <laughs> 
just like I did with you. I think uh, I think Danny Manning would be a good answer for that. I, th- I think Danny Manning played for Kansas University. You know, I almost worked at Kansas University, interviewed there after I interviewed at UMass Dartmouth, ah. ended up taking the UMass Dartmouth job because they got back to me quicker right. than KU did. But like, Wow, if- you'd be with a Kentucky version of Chuck, Kentucky. No, no, Kansas. Oh. <laughs> Oh, it's disturbing how dumb I am sometimes. That's all right. Yeah. So how you been, buddy? Uh, you know, I, I'm okay, I think. I, we haven't uh, podcasted. We actually, we podcasted recently, didn't we? I was checking to make sure that Danny Manning did, in fact, play for the Kansas University Jayhawks. By the way, they say rock chalk Jayhawk. That's rock, like chalk. That's what I say. Right. That's what I, I whenever I run, with every step I say it. That's rock, good. Rock, it, Jayhawk. I, I, it's a really stilted run. Yes. Right, left, right, left. So if you see me, my yes. doctor says it's really doing damage to my yes, knees. I'm I gotta sure. stop. I I'm gotta sure stop. it is. Yeah, it's bad for my hips. My uh, my physical therapist told me no running, uh, no no distance running for a while. Oh, for a while. Okay. Yeah. Not not never again. Yeah. And so I can wait and see what college basketball program is going to be good this coming year. Maybe I'll get some Gonzaga shoes. Who knows? <laughs> I actually do like them. That's I'm yeah I'm sure they're great. I th- I I just think it's funny uh, that you know. You have no ties to the organization at all, and you're like, whatever, it's cheap. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it's smart because again, so. like, who gives a hoot? I, that's what I keep telling everybody. Yeah, that's well, by the way, that's the new official Jayhawk slogan, right? So it's because you don't want to give a hoot. You, no, you want to give a rock chalk <laughs> Jayhawk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, so we got some stuff to catch up on today, man. Uh, a lot of stuff has been happening. We had Ray on. We accidentally did a three-hour podcast about... It's so funny because, you know, let's just put it out there. Pull we back feel the like curtain. We have, a lot of, uh, we have a lot of chemistry with Ray, you know? A, Ch- a Chuck, Brad, Ray team, I think, is very fun. A trio of some sort. Yeah, there's a great balance there. A lot and of fun. And when Ray comes on, honestly, I'm like, all right, here's the... I'm, I Seriously, the other day, we were like... I was like, here's the nine topics that we're going to cover. I was like, you know what? Ray's here. Let's just cut it down to three. Yeah. And we talked about, um, what was the first thing we talked about? Oh, the... It was your Tez D clapback. Yeah, the te- the te- the Chuck Roast, the episode of Tell Him Steve Dave about me. And then we talked about Top Gun Maverick, spoiler free. And then we went into spoilers for Jurassic World. And even those three topics ended up being like two hours and 45 minutes. Yes, it did. So, uh, yeah, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of fun stuff. We got some emails. Oh, good. And if you ever want to write us, write us at chuckandbrad at gmail.com or find the email link through chuckandbradpodcast.com. All right, let's see what we got. From Matt Bonta, a, a loyal listener. Yes. Subject line, Universal Monsters. He's a filmmaker, right? He is. Yeah. Hey, guys. Matt back with a little bit of talk back for this week's episode. Yes, the original Universal Monsters did cross over in the original run of movies. Oh, like we we asked, did Werewolf meet Dracula? Yeah. Meet the Mummy, etc. Right. We yeah. weren't sure if it was just like they were all made around the same time by the same company and they looked the same, so they're grouped together. We didn't know if they actually crossed over. So Matt's filling us in. Dracula, Frankenstein, and the Wolfman, as well as the Creature from the Black Lagoon and the Mummy and Invisible Man, all had their own run of movies and sequels, but they did start appearing in the same movies with actual continuity for the most part. Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. House of Frankenstein and House of Dracula all follow each other, and then they all did appear in Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Wow. Thanks again, guys. Talk to you soon. Matt. Wow, that's cool. That's the original, you know, the original shared universe. Um... So maybe we should uh, sit down and watch all of them. There's only 15. Oh, yeah. So we'll knock them out. Yeah. Um, Hang on. We're going to pause the episode. (laughs) 
Wow. That, they were I good. learned a lot. Yeah, they were good. Can you believe those romantic undertones between Dracula and the... Oh, I was, re- I, I, I was shipping Dracula and the creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> good. Nobody says shipping anymore. I don't even know what that means. Oh, like you write fan fiction and put them in a relationship together. Oh, I never heard that. Yeah. Oh, you're, te- you're teaching me. Well, I mean, it's outdated at this point, so... All right. Once I start using it, that's when you know a term yeah, is outdated. Dead. Yeah, that's when that term jumps the shark. Yes. All right, from uh, Richard, uh, Cedric's on Patreon. Dear Chuck and Brad, I'm still waiting on the official Chuck and Brad Patreon to start up. What tier do I need to be on for Brad to share Excel templates with me? <laughs> is it the same tier where I get Brad's newsletter send out? Either way, I'm ready uh. to sign up. From Richard. Um, we did a recent episode where we kind of came up with fantasy ideas for a Chuck and Brad Patreon. Um and uh, man, there are some changes are coming. Not Patreon, but there's some changes are coming that I think people are going to be really excited about. A lot of stuff in the air. I mean, if you need help with Excel, I am um, not the best person to ask. Yeah, post on Reddit. Uh, although you know what, if you ask me, I'm nice about it. Yes. Uh, and Reddit, you know, crapshoot. Yeah, for sure. Um. All right. Daniel T wrote in. Uh, subject line: How many people have to complain before you change things? And this is kind of a a hypothetical. Okay. Uh, He says, what percentage or number of patrons would have to complain about you before you started taking it seriously? Um, And uh, he's talking about the fact that on the podcast Tuesdays with Stories, where I I produce that podcast and I'm on the show a little bit and I um, run all all the the, the stuff behind the scenes. Um, And there's some haters, you know, there's some people that kind of come at me in the comments. Because five to seven people who continue to pay obviously aren't worth worrying about. I was thinking about what if I were in your position and decide I'd take around 20%. Then I realized that's a thousand persons and I'd probably start being concerned at a hundred persons, but that's only 2%. Is that really enough to start rethinking things? I guess it would be dependent on what exactly they're complaining about and if they're starting to drop Patreon support. In other words, I don't really know what I do. How about you? So it's funny because I'm dealing with a lot of people on the Tuesday's Patreon that are giving a lot of feedback. And it's overwhelmingly positive feedback right. about the stuff that we're doing now and the stuff that I'm suggesting and the presence of myself that I'm kind of putting out there. But then there are a couple people who uh, consistently come at me. And like I was thinking about it today because we just did a Zoom bonus for Tuesdays. And I think I said, Here, here's what I did. And you tell me what you think about this being appropriate. Okay. I ran the Zoom for Mark and Joe, who yes. were the main hosts of Tuesdays with Stories. So in the final edit video, I probably say about four sentences over the course of like a half hour bonus. Right. And it's Joe and Mark, traditional Zoom, like one next to the other, their videos from them in separate places. Then it has my window at a little bit less than half the size of theirs. Right. In the bottom and the middle under their video because they talk to me, uh, you know, four times throughout the episode and I'm just running the Zoom and I'm there. Now to me... That seems pretty appropriate for the producer of the podcast who talks very rarely and, in the and, episode. And your face is there the entire time. You're laughing like a hyena. Or is it, I, I, is it, is it you know, there A and B, and then when you get involved, they go, you know, kind of smaller, A, B, and then you are the tiny little C no, window. No, I, I stay small the whole time. Okay. My video is there the whole time. Yeah. My microphone is muted. Yeah. 
uh, most of the time. And and you're reacting, you know, like, are you, are you laughing? I'm like, laughing, but my microphone's muted. Yeah. So yeah you, like, so like you're visibly yes. interested and, and. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. But I, but, but I only unmute myself when they talk to me. Yeah. What do you think about that? I'm okay with that. I mean, doesn't it seem pretty appropriate yeah. for a guy that's on the podcast being talked to? Right. I don't know. And people were complaining about that. Yeah. Um, so Daniel, to answer your question, here's what I think. I think you can't just cater to people's opinions or co complaints. And my best example is that people wrote in and complained one time when we did a bonus with Mark and Joe. Not even a bonus. It was a regular episode. And they sat on opposite sides of the room. Usually Mark is on the right. Joe is on the left. Now they sat on opposite sides of the room and people complained about it. Do you think that should be taken seriously? I do not. I think that no matter what, uh, I mean, we'll you know, I'm living in the hypothetical world where people actually start canceling their Patreon because they're sitting on opposite sides of the room is tough to imagine. Yeah. But I think you have to take into account how sensical is you know are their requests right? Like another thing that we're dealing with in the Patreon is I'm trying to find ways that Mark and Joe can do. You know, and the people we're talking about, Mark Norman, Joe Liz, two comics, Tuesdays with Stories has been their podcast for like nine years, so it's very established. They started Patreon a while ago, but we started taking it seriously about a year, maybe a year and three months ago or right. so. And we're up to 5,000 patrons, and it's it's a really solid Patreon, I believe. Um, and I'm trying to think of ideas for where Mark and Joe can record their own bonuses with other people when the other person on the show is not available. So if Joe's in New York, but Mark's gone, we can still do some Tuesdays content. And I'm trying to put up polls and and communicate with Mark and Joe and say, who would you be interested in doing this with? Who would be easy to do it with? And I, since I'm on the show and since a lot of like I put up this poll that was like, you know, who could we get? Like, what do we think? And a lot of people voted for me to be a person that was on the Patreon bonus episode. Makes sense. Which You're makes there. sense. I'm yeah. part of the, you know, part of the world, whatever. And I put up a poll I, I on the Tuesdays Patreon. Actually, I'll just read you what I said. And okay. I'll tell you, you tell me what you think of and be as harsh as you want of a critic of, of, of what I've said. Oh, of what you've said. Of what I've said okay. and what you think about I'm not going to talk about your hairstyle right now. Oh, my God. I didn't even shower yet today. Yeah. I smell like a dirty dick. If yeah. You know what I'm talking about. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, unfortunately I, I sat do. next to you in the car. I, I know what you smell like. Here is my... Here was my post that I made the other day. This is on the Tuesdays with Stories Patreon, patreon.com slash Tuesdays with Stories. Title. This is, this is the post I made. New bonus coming tomorrow. New original Tuesdays episode out now and ideas. Hey, everybody. Just want to let you know we're continuing to work through the original Tuesdays episode because their episodes have been down and lost for a long time. And right. now I'm putting them back up like episodes starting, you know, like with episode one. New episode out right now. A new bonus is coming tomorrow. That was a Zoom we did. Very nice. And I said, I had a new idea for a bonus series we do once in a while called Joe and Chuck Become Best Friends, where Joe and I sit well, down. I don't like that. Where Joe and I sit down and get to know each other. I want to talk to him about his formative years, more in Massachusetts, while I was in Rhode Island, not just as a comic, but as a person, as well as his move to New York and how he handled that, another thing we have in common. Would you guys be interested in an episode of that? Maybe once a month on Patreon. If not, that's totally okay. Comment. I wouldn't be interested in that or whatever. Please, no death threats. I'm fragile. We did that poll and many, many people said they'd be cool with having me on a Patreon bonus series. So I started thinking about it. I haven't mentioned it or pitched it to Joe yet. Wanted to see what you guys thought. Again, this would just open up the schedules a little so Joe could record even when Mark isn't around. Just an idea, Chuck. What do you think about that? I, it doesn't it, sound too bad. Is it pretty reasonable? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh... um. 
so it's possible. Um, anyway, so so someone commented, like Chuck is trying to insert himself. You know, you know who else got a bunch of like votes in that poll? Uh, Louis C.K. Ah, you guys have stuff in common. And Joe's friend Derek, who lives across the country. Right. And I commented back, and I'm like, I don't think you understand that we're running a business and we're trying to make things less complicated and easier to do. Right. And involving Louis C.K. To, and, and dealing with his schedule on top of Joe's and trying to get those two together. And also, if if Louis wants to do it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's that. Then it's like, Joe's friend from across the country? Like, how is that a, a reasonable... Yeah. Uh, so anyway... So in other words, Daniel T, you have to think about the, the the comments and the opinions and whether or not they're feasible or logical or right. they make sense. So if I'll put it this way, if I say if someone says, Hey, I want to see a show with Mark and uh, you know, Gary Veter, who is the guy they talked about. Right. And I talked to Mark behind the scenes and he's like, and this is not true, I'm just hypothetical. Mark's like, nah, I wouldn't want to do a show with Gary Veter. I don't like him. Something like that. I don't who could, right. who knows? I'm just making it up. Right. And then someone's like, on the on the Patreon comments is like, how come you're not doing a show with Gary Veter? You don't know what's happening behind the scenes. Gary Veter's family runs a wiener shop. <laughs> v Dweens. Um, but like you don't know, you don't know. So you don't have yeah. there's a lot of information. Very busy. There's a lot of information that the people that are Patreon Patreons don't know. Gotta get mustard. So you have to keep that in mind in terms of like, God, do another one. I was going to wait until a natural break. Now you've ruined the bit. <laughs> Relish. Relish was my next one. Um, you got to kind of also think like, does this make sense for how we actually conduct right. this business? I'm catering to Mark and Joe. I know their schedules. I know how they behave. I know how they like to record. And I think if you start taking people's opinions into account, that are in the minority that go completely against what you know as the person who's running a business. Right. That's probably not smart. So that stuff matters um, in terms of taking into account. I think the number one thing you should think about are like, if you're running a business, you're running the Patreon, you're doing this stuff, do their comments align with what you want to make. Right. That's the first thing you got to think about. So if someone says, Hey, Chuck, as a producer, should not be allowed to answer Joe and Mark's questions on the show. I'm immediately like, "Fuck you! You're an idiot." Yeah, I don't want. I don't want to. I'm not interested in catering to that. If Mark says like, "Hey, like, I think he, like on the most recent episode, he's like, I think the population of like Milwaukee somewhere is like two hundred thousand, and Joe's like, no way.' He's like, "Chuck, look that up." Yeah, like, what, what is what is the solution there? Right. I'm just like, no, you get a dry it's erase board. So I, dumb. I, I mute. Oh, and and then you know what? Mime it out. So dumb. Mime a number out. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm not going to cater to that. Yeah. Um, in terms of the amount of people, I mean, the truth is, like, I put up that poll, that that whole, that post I just read about me being on the show, and I think if, I don't know what, what a percentage it would take to be against it, but what I would do is, especially when you're producing content so often, is just produce it and then see what the, you know, the response is. Like, let's say there were 100 comments on your first episode and 90 comments were positive and 10 were negative. Right. I don't... Th that'd be 10% of the comments. Um, and I don't think that would be enough to, like, stop the show. Because then you have a 90% approval rating, right. which is pretty good. And that's just of the people you can see. Right. You're kind of using that as a control for five for another 4,900 4, people that are not weighing in directly. Yeah. So it's very tough. 
Um, but I think if you did get a thousand comments that were negative, you'd have to like think about what right. that is. Be because it not only is it negative, but it is negative enough that they feel compelled to speak out. Like, you know, right. the, the reviews people leave for restaurants are either a very good experience or a very bad experience. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so the people who are compelled to speak out are either really for the idea or really against the idea. Yeah. And, and you know, it's a bell curve. It is. It's very uh, tough. Be because there are people who are like, ah, I don't really need Chuck, but they're not writing in. And there are people who are like, yeah, Chuck would be great. And there are people who are ambivalent. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. And, and, and most of the people probably fall kind of between 2.5 and 3.5. Exactly, exactly. And uh, aren't going to say anything. And, you know, I, I believe that if you started it, that they would get on board because it's 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 interesting. Like, Joe talking to a friend he already knows. Yeah. Less interesting because they're not... Learning. At, they're, they're not getting anything new. They're not giving anything new. Right. Um, they're not discovering anything. Right. And, you know, and, and, and there is something to be said for them saying like, oh, remember that time we got drunk and stole a golf cart and crashed it into the sure. school? Like, yes, there is, there is, uh, some right. joy in that, but right. you can get stories like that with a newer person. Yeah. And I think that it's another thing too, is like, I think that part of it is if you can tell someone has a bias right. that is, un that is like unreasonable, right. which a lot of these people do. It's really only like four people. And you want to hear something that sucks? Someone commented something shitty about me. Yeah. And I was like, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna answer this guy in public. I'm gonna answer him in private messages. Yeah. Went to go answer him. This is the guy that I kind of like banned from commenting. Right. Or not banned from commenting, but just delete all his super shitty comments. Right. And he changed his name on Patreon so he could keep commenting. Ah, that's funny. Yeah. yeah it's great. So he, he so in other words, I'm like. This isn't even two people. Yeah. This is one person right. that changed his name to to further express his hatred. Yeah. Um, so I think it, it'd be really tough, but it has to do with how reasonable it is. And I also think if you're making a big change, right. then you really listen to the responses, which is why I've put up these polls and put up these things, because these would be new ideas. And, you know, you want to see... Th that's when you kind of take the temperature of the room. Right. Um, we just also changed our format from going, we were video behind a paywall for a week, then put it out in public. Right. And we changed it to be video out in public immediately, but there's an ad free version on the Patreon. Got it. And we weren't sure if people were going to like or dislike that. Yeah. And there was basically no negative response, just yeah. people saying like, oh, thank God. Yeah. So, you know, it's tough. You want to stay, you want to stay listening to people, but then you also got to measure like how many people are just naturally pieces of shit. I mean, on a, <laughs> uh, a national level, yeah. um, Lizzo changed some lyrics recently. Really? Like what? Uh, so her song Girls, G-R-R-R-L-S, which I mean, I'll complain about that. Uh, but she had a, Not a, right. a word that is uh, considered a slur in the uh, disabled community. Uh, really? Some ableist activists pressured wow. her for a lyric change, and she did. Um, the word is a derivative of uh, spastic or spasm. Okay. Uh, but I'm not going to say it because it is a slur. Um, it is an ableist, frequently used as an ableist slang term against individuals with certain mobility differences. Uh, and in oh, the, is it, it is it is it a four letter word? It is. The last letter is Z. Wow. Uh, so she says, "Hold my bag, B word. Hold my bag. Do you see this uh, regular S word? I'm a and then wow. But like like the verb form of this word. Wow. And so people said like, "Hey, that isn't cool. Like, Jeez. um, they don't like that it was included. It doesn't mean freaked out or crazy. It's an ableist slur. Do better." So Lizzo's response. <laughs> 
It's been brought to my attention that there is a harmful word in my new song, Girls. Again, spelled wrong. That offends me. Let me make one thing clear. I never want to promote derogatory language. As a fat black woman in America, I've had many hurtful words used against me, so I overstand the power words can have, whether intentionally or, in my case, unintentionally. I'm proud to say there's a new version of Girls with a lyric change. This is the result of me listening and taking action. Wow. As an influential artist, I'm dedicated to being part of the change I've been waiting to see in the world. XOXO Lizzo. Wow. And I'm like, that's pretty great. Yeah, it's like, pretty good. Like, as far as a, a response for yeah, that's pretty good. this goes. So, yeah. Um, and, you know, what percentage of people were complaining about this lyric? Right. And, but also you want to make sure what you're putting out aligns with your values right. as a, as a performer, as a, a creator. And she said, Oh, I didn't realize this didn't align with my yeah. values. So I'm going to make the change, even though a very small percentage of people right. complained about it. See, I also, I, I think that that's true a hundred percent. And then I also think, think about this. Seinfeld was not doing that good. I think season one, two and three. Yeah. Um, and then eventually it turned around. What if season one, they just listened to people's comments about what they should do with the show? Would it have yeah. ever have become Seinfeld? Right. And the answer is definitely not. Right. Um, and so I think about that kind of stuff, too. I, I really I think the most re thing, the thing I think about the most is the reasonable request. Yeah. Because people were asking for the ad free Tuesdays episodes for a while, but it wasn't an overwhelming majority. Right. It was probably a comment every once in a while here and there from random people. And I was like, you know what? That would add value to people. People do think that that's important. Let's do it. Right. And so I think it really has to do with a lot of the reasonability of the request and does it align with what you want to do? Um, and does it make sense? Um, but if someone's just like, hey, we don't want to hear Mark talking about travel stories, which that happens a lot. People yeah. will come up with like, 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 ah, oh, more travel stories this week. Some people are like, I don't want Joe to talk as much on the podcast, <laughs> which it's like, what are you fucking, what are you yeah. like, like, okay, well, fuck off. Yeah. Even if a thousand people said, I don't want Joe to talk as much on the podcast. Right. We'd still have to say fuck off. Yeah. So we got to produce what we produce. And I think that we take the, the comments and criticism within reason. Right. You can't just bow to whatever people say versus what you want to make or yeah. what is natural to be made. Right. Uh, so it's tough. Um, but I, I want, tell them Steve Dave's Patreon the Tuesdays Patreon, the Chuck and Brad podcast. I want all that stuff to be as liked as possible. So if people do write with reasonable requests or they say something, I really do think about all that stuff. And I think to myself, is it reasonable? Does right. it make sense? Uh, is there value to this comment or this criticism? And I, we think about it more like that, I think. Um, all right. So let's see. What else we got? I think that's it. All right. Um, yeah. So I just got an email from a, a guy that wants to like work with us. Cool. With the video stuff. But um, that's pretty much it, man, in terms of emails. And uh, I would like to say we haven't been doing it, but we got to get into it. We got a sponsor this week. Oh, tell me about this sponsor. The sponsor this week. Uh, and this has been a longtime sponsor of ours. Great, great person. Uh, great guy who has uh, inspired me in many ways and supported Um if the company is Staten's Landscaping. Oh, okay. The owner is my dad, Charles Staten Jr. I'm Charles Staten III. Um, Staten's Landscaping is an award-winning design build firm providing comprehensive services, including landscape design, landscape and masonry installation, maintenance, and site work in Rhode Island. Um, they mainly focus on the East Bay of Rhode Island, but they're all over the place. Uh, Staten's Landscaping is a company that has built its reputation for professional excellence. 
We've achieved this, and I can say we because I still help out with Staten's Landscaping. I do the payroll. Uh, we've achieved this by creating landscapes that connect people to the beauty of nature and by expanding the boundaries of home in order to realize the full potential that our surrounding landscapes have to offer. Um, my dad's business has been open for like 40 years, more than that. Um, he's won tons of awards. Um, and my dad has been the uh, the president of the Rhode Island Nurserymen's Association over the years. He's also the tree warden for the town of Warren. That's right. Yeah. I'm um, proud of the company. They do, I mean... The company's been around for so long. We have so many customers. It's super successful. I'm very proud of my dad for building this. I think it's part of the reason I believed I could go my own way and build my own thing, right. which is really cool. But if you're around Rhode Island um, in some parts of Massachusetts as well, you know, talk to Staten's Landscaping if you need any masonry work or landscape work or anything on your property. Um, you can reach out. Go to statenslandscaping.com. Um, find us on Facebook. Write in at statenslandscaping at gmail.com or call 401-247-2227. That's 401-247-2227. And uh, yeah, Staten's Landscaping, S-T-A-T-O-N-S. Great company, doing great stuff. And, uh, you know, I appreciate my dad wanting to sponsor us. That's cool. Yeah. The way that it happened was I was printing out sponsorships a while back to go when we go pitch to businesses. My dad's like, what are you doing? And I told him. And he's like, can I sponsor you? And I'm like, yeah. And people have called in from listening to the podcast directly and, and got my dad. And now they're clients of my dad. So that's, that's, great. that's really, really cool. And I'm glad that it, that it all uh, works together. All right. So got some stuff to talk about this week. Um, we're catching up a little bit because yeah, we've recently it. had you know Ray on a couple times to talk about some movies. Um, but what's been going on in your life, Brad? Tell me about well, it. Well, here's the thing. Let's uh, let's talk about gifts from Chuck because I have wow. two related stories. Wow, okay. related to gifts, gifts from me from Chuck. Now, one ends in tragedy. <laughs> um, so about a year and a half ago, just after I got my cat, little Rosie, uh, Chuck got me a Roomba yeah. for Christmas, a robotic vacuum. Now, this is after. Let me let me just set this up a little yeah. bit. Um. When I first got my dog, Swiss Miss, yes. um, at my house in Warren, I was nervous about having pet hair everywhere. Right. I didn't want to have a gross house. And so at the same time, I got a Roomba. And I was like, well, we can run this Roomba at night and it'll take care of the pet hair. Right. And we brought Swiss home. And I think we got the Roomba like within like a day. Right. And started it. And uh, it works really well. We, we keep it charging under our kitchen table. And uh, I run it. And like... Tons of times, it's been like full of Swiss's hair, and yeah. it really does make the house, my house, feel much cleaner. Yeah, and taking care of the dust and stuff like that. And when I run it once, I have to clean it out like right. every day. Like it, I could really, it would be smart. And I'm not home and worn all the time. Obviously, I spend a lot of time in New York. Um, it would be smart to just run it when I go to sleep every single day. Right. Um, if I was home, and uh, it's been really useful. So I was like, well, Brad's getting a cat. Yes. Brad, you know. Brad was getting a cat at the time, or he just got a cat at the time. Yeah, November 6th. Yes. And I was like, well, Brad likes cleanliness just as much as I do, so let's get him a Roomba. Let's get that cat hair picked up and help him keep a happy, healthy life. So, (laughs) unbeknownst to Chuck, as he was shopping for that, I bought myself like a, a Dyson stick vacuum, refurbished, whatever. So, I had just gotten a new vacuum. Yep. Um. You know, cordless, whatever. Worked great. Yeah. Worked okay. uh, well, it worked great for a year and a half. 
<laughs> what did it not work? I was just kidding. Yeah, no, it stopped working. So it's it's and and honestly, you know, I cleaned before my surgery, and yeah. then I think the the vacuum died afterwards. So That's please so don't pay attention to how many weeks it was from the surgery to when I discovered my vacuum was broken. And it was like I went to vacuum, and it worked for like ten seconds. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, maybe it just wasn't charged, and I charged it, and like. It didn't hold the charge, but I didn't try it again for another week. That's so And then funny. I forgot again. And then I'm like, oh, let me buy one. Um, but I'm like, oh, why would I spend that much money? Right. I have this Roomba. Right. So, uh, you know, a, a Monday afternoon, I, I get home. I I, uh, I do my PT exercises for my stupid spine. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I'm laying on the kitchen floor. I'm like, all right, I'm going to I'm gonna put this Roomba here under the kitchen table, just like Chuck's. Yep. And um, even if it does like the kitchen floor sure. and the living room, that's great. And I'm trying to figure out, you know, I have speaker wires running all over the floor and everything. Yep. Um, but I'm like, even, even I like, I don't want to make this automated. Like I can just press a button and have right. it go. Right. That's what I do. Yeah. Um, rather than like, all right, every night at midnight or whatever. Yep. So... You know, I plug in the charger and I set the thing on the charger and it bleeps and bloops and the cat goes over to investigate. So I, I, you know, I get the remote and I'm putting the batteries in the remote. Great. I set the time on the remote and I go to press what I think is like set time. And the cat at this point is probably two inches away from the Roomba. (laughs) But the button I pressed was like, turn on Roomba. Yep. And so it's it's little uh, brushes are spinning underneath. It's beeping and it moves towards the cat. And she flips out. Yeah. Like jumps and runs and sprints. And she jumps in the front window. Very surprised she did not go through the screen. And she's terrified. But because the thing has only been charging for like four minutes, it goes about eight inches off off the base and then returns. Right. Beeps and boops and returns. And I'm kind of laughing because it's she was so scared and it was such a dumb accident. Yeah. And so I went over and I like picked her up out of the window. I'm like, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. I'm petting her. And I walked back into the kitchen. And again, it's under the table. It's not beeping and booping at this point, but we're just in the same room where this allegedly traumatic thing just happened and she flips out in my arms i was bleeding from nine different places on my body because she was so like anxious to get away like chest arm back whatever uh so i dropped her and she went to run toward the front window again and like yeah you know i have my laptop plugged in on my kitchen peninsula she unplugged that like just really freaking out. Yeah. And I, you know, at the, now I feel genuinely bad. Yeah, of course. And uh, so I leave her in the window. I let her calm down. Uh, I, I clean off my cuts with peroxide and alcohol <laughs> and a um, lot of blood. Yeah. Ruined a shirt. And uh, <laughs> and then I'm like, I got to box this room up. I can't run this thing with her here. Yeah. And, you know, she's freaking out. I'm like, all right, let's let's go to like, you know, the dark. So I carry her into the bedroom and I'm trying to calm her down and she's not having it. Like yeah. she's she's just like on high alert for everything. Every noise Ugh. that happens, she's freaking out. And I'm like, all right, she'll calm down in a couple hours. So I put the Roomba back in its box. It's in the yeah, other yeah. room. Like yeah. she has no idea where it is. Object yeah. permanence. And she and then I got her like a treat, like a, a, a fancy feast broth or milkshake or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, and she wouldn't come into the kitchen to eat it. And she Damn. loves those things. So I take it into the bedroom. She eats it. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go grocery shopping. When I come back, she'll be fine. Not the case. Still not fine. But at least edged her way into the kitchen a little bit. I was I was I had bought a rotisserie chicken for my own dinner and I was, you know, trying to lure her out with pieces of chicken that she ignored. Yeah. And uh 
that whole night, she was, you know, normally she jumps on my lap and falls asleep somewhere between 8 and 11 and just kind of snoozes for a while. Nope. I jumped on my lap, but still is like, you know, didn't even try to rest. Was like staring at the kitchen table. What's going to happen? What's going to come out? I'm like, all right, a night she'll be fine. She was not fine the next night uh, and hasn't really been fine in the just about two weeks since. She will, like it used to be, I come home from work, she jumps out of the spare room window and then like runs around to greet me at the door. Now she'll like, she has to walk and she has to check under the fridge and check under the stove and like kind of creep out here Yeah, to to greet me. And that's Jeez. like, that's like when I give her a treat. Uh, right. And so she's just been extra, extra jumpy. And so I bought a different vacuum because the Roomba is too traumatizing yeah. for my cat. Yeah, that's crazy. It really and truly is. I, I bought uh, like calming treats, uh, some with tryptophan, and these have, I think, hemp in it. Wow. She is not interested. Uh, these are hemp plus melatonin. Wow. Uh, she is not interested in either of those treats. Damn. Uh, I bought a pheromone dispenser, like a plug-in pheromone dispenser that I haven't plugged in yet. I'd love if you plugged it in and then you just like got crazy horny. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Like horny it, well, it's, it's supposed to be enhanced calming. And then it's like, this only affects cats. This doesn't affect <laughs> dogs or humans. And I'm like, is it just water? Because if it's just water, say it. <laughs> just, just say it. I already bought it. And it was, you know, these are not inexpensive products. Yeah, of course. Of course they're not. Um, but, you know, I'm like, oh, I want this cat who relies on me. Yes. To trust me. Yeah. And, and trust that, like, I'm here to provide a safe space for her <sighs> and uh man oh man i like i keep saying like ah oh, it's back in its box you don't have anything to worry about and she keeps not understanding english yeah on account weird. of being a cat and uh so yeah it's it's been uh it's been a weird like it's like she's new here again oh i know that's crazy man i'm sorry that happened oh uh, it's all right you know <laughs> it's so, tough animals are tough yeah because you don't know you like can't reason with them. your dog no problems with the roomba other you know you see videos of a cat like sitting on the roomba yes. and like just cruising around i know not the case here i know she, i know she, she uh, you know doesn't love the regular vacuum yes but we can prepare her for it. I can yes. put her in a different room. Yeah. And she was not prepared for the Roomba. Oh, I feel bad. Yeah, it's all right. She'll be okay yeah, eventually. Be okay. I just want her to be okay now. Yeah, for sure. So, I, I get it. I get it. Uh, so that was one gift. Yes. Gift two. Yes, gift two. This year's birthday. Yes. Chuck bought me tickets to go see Frank Turner perform in a special matinee show in Providence at noon. Yes. On a Wednesday. And, and the, the uh, reason he's doing it on a Wednesday is because... Frank Turner's doing like a 50 states in 50 days tour. Yes. And that's great, but you want to have some days off. Right. So to do like, you know, let's say like five days on or six days on and one day off, you're going to have to double up states. And since Rhode Island is small, he's going to be, he was going to be in what, Connecticut that night? Yes. And then, so during the day, he was doing a matinee show. Which in Providence, like a, It was yeah. a solo acoustic show. Yep. And so then that night he would go to Connecticut, then the whole band would have Thursday off, and then Friday night they were going to play Boston. Right. So that was the goal. So, you know, this special show, stripped down acoustic. Yeah. Not many tickets sold, maybe 60, maybe 80. I, I think it was like 40. Okay. It was really, really it was, small. It yeah, was really small, intimate, like at, mm -hmm. at a little uh, little brewery in town. Union Station Brewery. Good good food there. Yep. Um, and so Chuck bought me these tickets. He tells me in late May, I got the tickets. I said, I didn't even see the event listed on Frank Turner's website. How did it you hear goes, about this? Are back, you magic? Like, it goes, I think it even goes before May when I put it in my calendar and you're like, 
Well, you're, you're like, I don't think that's accurate. I think he's playing in Connecticut that night. And mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I think I got this from punknews.org. Yeah. And it just had it listed without a venue. Right. And you were like, I don't know. Yeah, because it doesn't make because it I doesn't make sense. Yeah. Most I'm, people I'm, don't play it two different states in one day. I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. He'd play Connecticut on mm -hmm. Wednesday, then play Providence Thursday night, then play Boston Friday night. Right. So um, eventually the picture came into it came into focus right. when they explained the 50 days. Thing. Right. So you you got the tickets yep. and I was super psyched. Yeah. Like somebody was somebody I, I uh, a friend of mine was like, find something that you're looking forward to. Yeah. That will bring you joy. And I said, well, this Frank Turner show is like, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Yes. And it's funny because um, I was like, oh, like it came up. Yep. And I looked at it and I saw the actual event details and I'm like, this is going to sell out immediately. Frank yes. Turner is like a big artist. Um, and my only one of my only worry, I didn't want you to know about it until I told you about it. Yeah. And I didn't. And you didn't. I yep. called you, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, guess what, buddy? You piece yep. of shit. And you're like, that's me. Yep. And I was like, we're going to see Frank Turner. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so I told you about the show. Yes. Then Friday, June 3rd. After you have told me about the show, 12 days before the show, yes, I come home from work, I check my mail, oh. and I have a letter from the Rhode Island judiciary calling me to jury duty on Wednesday, June 15th. Yep. And I'm like, oh, that's that's no big deal. Like, you know, it's not an orientation day at work. I don't really have to be there. I'm like, and I walk away like, what a great day to get jury duty. And then like, stop cold. Maybe I fainted. I'm not really <laughs> sure. <laughs> Maybe I fainted. And I'm like... That's the day of the Frank Turner show, which ordinarily, if he's playing a normal show at night, yeah. having jury duty, not a big deal. But because he's playing a special acoustic solo matinee at I noon, know. having jury duty is a big deal, is, 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 uh, is prohibitive to, yes. uh, to going. Yes. So, you know, it's after four o'clock on a Friday. I can't get a hold of anyone. I'm like, let me have some Chuck Staten optimism here and say, maybe things will work out. Yes. Right. And I'll call next week and kind of ask if I can defer the service or if there's anything I can do to not have jury duty on the 15th. And I called and no one answered and I left a message and they never called back. Right. But, um, like I, I just got progressively more and more despondent about things actually working out. Yes. Uh, and, and not just because I would miss the show. I was like, Oh, Chuck's, coming back to town like for this we've arranged yes. our whole week like he's back in rhode island because of this i feel like i'm letting chuck down by having jury duty even though it is not my fault that i have jury duty right but let's just put this on the plate you know the old tell them that you're a racist thing you hadn't tried it yet hadn't tried it yet I, <laughs> although you'd think if they would have checked my social media they would have found that out <laughs> So, well, well, here's the thing. Especially on those Ambien nights. Yes. Are we just going to make that joke for the rest of our I lives? I think so. That whenever you take Ambien, you become yep. racist? People are like, tell them you have COVID. Tell them that your back hurts. Tell them that, you know, basically lie. Yeah. Which Brad doesn't like to lie. Well, here's is why I didn't want to lie in this specific instance. Yes. Also Chuck related. Yes. Several weeks ago, we were at the Rogue Island Comedy Festival, supporting okay. our good pal and occasional third podcaster, Ray Harrington. Yep. And By we the were, way, you just raised your hand, your left hand, and your cat jumped. Your cat, like, that's, like looked That's at what you. I'm saying. Oh, she just did it again. Yeah. Her tail just jumped. She's scared. Although she's not that scared right now. She's pretty adventurous. Yeah. She's like climbing the table like Indiana Jones. Yep. But keep going. Well, I like her. Uh, you know, I put her in the little hat, and that's when she gets adventurous. <laughs> 
Our little fedora. <laughs> Come on, whip me! Ow! <laughs> Stop, stop it! Stop, stop whipping me. <laughs> so the reason I don't want to lie. So we we see Ray Harrington. We're yep. outside after the show, yep. uh, and a friend of ours gets caught in a conversation with a woman who just kept going. Oh just my kept god! Going, just yeah. kept going. Just kept going. Yeah. And I'm, you know, the the three of us, me, you, and your friend and roommate Jordan. Are standing there waiting for our other friend to be done with this conversation. Yes, absolutely. And the conversation keeps going, and I was like. I'm going to go say that our reservation is uh, coming up and we have to leave. And you were like, yeah, you do the lie. I want to see you do the lie. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, like I I shouldn't lie. I don't want to be the type of person who lies, even in a situation like this, yeah. where it's crucial that we leave, even though we had no time for him. I just wanted to get out of that, you know, wanted, yeah, wanted right. to get out of that conversation. So right. I was like, okay, I can't lie. Because also in that situation... <laughs> If I lie, I know that you're not going to back me up because it's funnier <laughs> to be like, no, no, no. I checked. Our, I pushed our reservation back. And then I'm, you know, it's obvious that I'm lying. No, that's not that funny. I would find that a funnier way to do it. Yeah, I, but you absolutely would. And yeah, so I'm like, all right. Perhaps. So, so for this jury duty thing, now I feel like I have extra pressure from Chuck not to lie. <laughs> I don't know about that, but. And so, you know, the weekend comes, I'm still despondent, you know, and then Monday the 13th, I get a phone call and I recognize it as the number from the jury place. Yes. And it's verified. It's got a little check mark because, you know, it's not like it's saved in my phone. Yeah. Uh, and I answer it and they say, this is the Rhode Island judiciary, whatever. Right. Your service is not required on Wednesday. And nice. I almost cried. I was so relieved. <laughs> and I, did, you know, I, I talk about this woman at, at Rogue Island going on and on. I became that woman on the phone yeah. to this, what sounded like a very nice woman uh saying like this means so much to me yeah i i my friends told me to lie to you yes yeah. and she's like no don't do that and i was like i this i, I just i can get a lot more uh, it's it's my friend is coming in from out of town like i was all over the place with this woman yeah yeah uh and i <laughs> i said i hope you have no traffic on the drive home i hope if you stop at the grocery store you get the shortest line or the fastest line whichever <laughs> one you prefer and maybe both and she was like well okay thank you uh <laughs> No, I I feel like here's what here's what I will say about the COVID. So one time when I was dealing with some of my remember how I had the uh, diverticulitis thing yeah, um, so that happened like I you know I don't know how many months ago but that happened a while ago and I went into the hospital one time and they go uh and I it was for my the stomach issue yeah and they go do you have any uh COVID symptoms yes and I was like no. And they're like, temperature? And I'm like, no. They're like, running nose? No, blah, blah. And then they start going to other questions. They go, have you had diarrhea in the past two weeks? And I go, yeah. And like, you know, whatever. Right. And they're like, oh, that's a COVID symptom. You have to be quarantined. Yeah. And I was like, what? Yeah. And you, like, you specifically were like, tell me you have diarrhea. I was like, well, if if diarrhea is going to use, we, we, they can use it against us like we have COVID. We should weaponize diarrhea. Then we should weaponize our diarrhea. Now, when I say that, I mean it in... Every, Every single way. <laughs> we should weaponize our diarrhea. Well, we've got an episode title. <laughs> we, uh, we're weaponizing diarrhea. But you could have weaponized your own diarrhea. I could have. Um, and you have diarrhea like crazy. Oh, yeah. Like insane. I can't, like, like Rosie's scared of that Roomba. I don't know how she lives in this house with that diarrhea. That's true. Yeah. So 
the woman, uh, you know, I'm excused. And I later got an email confirming it. And I'm like, if I had just gotten the email, I would not have believed it. I would have believed that you made up an email address so that I wouldn't go and, and not to get me in trouble with the Rhode Island Judiciary Committee or whatever. Yes. Just to, you know, let me feel OK about going to the show. Yes. Yeah, I uh, I feel like um, I don't know what would what would happen if you just didn't show up for jury duty. I'm sure you get in trouble in some form or yeah, fashion. Yeah, right, right, right. Maybe uh, I don't know if it's a fine or like I, Brad. I, they wouldn't arrest somebody. I I don't think. One of the things that I would love for Brad to think is worth working on is the fact that he just bows to authority figures. We've I talked do. about this recently about how he'd make a great Nazi because a, he would just yeah. be following orders, um, and. Uh, I know that that was weighing in your head. Yes. Is that like you were like, well, they're telling me to do a thing, so I got to do it. And uh, I was like, I was just rolling my eyes. I was like, I'd be out of this thing in one second somehow. I'd figure out some kind of loophole. I'd be diving through it. But natural life let you get out of the jury duty. Yes. And we got to go to the Frank Turner we show. We got to go to the Frank Turner show. Uh, ten songs, uh, acoustic, stripped down, a couple sing-alongs. Yeah. And uh, he, you know, he said... Any of the songs I play at the acoustic shows, I am not playing at the electric shows, the full band shows. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and great. vice yeah. versa, so that yeah. you know the set list is more varied, yeah. uh, which is both a good and a bad thing because you hear some deeper cuts, but also you miss some of the, the best ofs. Yes. Um, but it was a great show, a fun time. We saw our, our pal Paul, his wife Katie, yeah. friend Nick, his girlfriend Allie. Yeah. We also saw your cousin Christian and yeah. his wife Melissa. Like, yep. you know, a nice group of people. Yep. Uh, really, like to know that many people in a crowd of like f- between forty and sixty. Yes. Pretty great. Yeah. No. T- oh, totally. Uh, comfortable show. Great and, to see Paul. Great yeah. to see all those people. And then you know we we came back here and podcasted with Ray. So and and I don't really know Frank Turner. Yeah. Um, I know a couple songs. Um, I made you that playlist. And then the acoustic show. Man, he was killer. I loved all those songs. They were great. Yeah. So it's it's very exciting for me because now I get like a new guy to go explore, which yeah. which is someone that I've been sure that I I like. For years. Yeah. But this is kind of a tipping moment where I can go and really just dive into it. Yeah. It gives me a reason to do it. Oh, that. it's great. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm very excited. He was great, though. I'm glad it worked out. Yeah, and me too. So it was a great present. Yeah, you got out of the jury duty. Yep. And you're feeling great. Yeah. I, I really was. <laughs> I was so nervous. Like, such <laughs> guilt of, like, I'm letting Chuck down. Also, by not getting out of jury duty. By not finding a loophole and diving through it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, like, somebody has to do jury duty. With somebody who doesn't have a specific thing that day. But wouldn't you want it to be someone smart? Like, what no, if what no, if this no. was a precedent-setting case? Yes. I, that, <laughs> like what? Uh, you know, what if this is uh, Roe Ro v. Wade 2? Roe v. Wade 2? Yeah. Uh, Return of the Roe? Yes. <laughs> Roe Turn of the Wade? Oh, no. Get out of here. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> um, no, I, would, I mean, you know... What kind of? It would probably be something so dumb and small. Oh, I'm sure it would be. Yeah, yes, for sure. Yeah, though I I did jury duty when I was, uh, you know, back in Indiana. I, I was working at Walgreens at the time. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You they, did a they, jury duty, and, and they sat me on a jury, and yeah. I called my boss, you know, on a, on a recess to say, hey. I can't come in today or tomorrow. And he's like, but it's truck day because I worked at Walgreens and it's unloading the truck and yeah. putting all the stuff away. And I'm like, I don't know what to say, man. Like I got picked for the jury. What is the what is the protocol with jury duty and then your work? If you don't have like... They have to excuse you. They have to? They have to. What if they fired you for it? Then you sue them for wrongful termination and then somebody else has to do jury duty when you sue them. <laughs> and then it happens. <laughs> it's a daisy chain... To eternity. It's just bullshit, Your Honor. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I was the employer that fired someone there. I, 
<laughs> I think it was you, and you hired character Brad as your okay. lawyer. <laughs> it was a mistake. Um, you know, we had a lot of ideas. <laughs> yeah, the... Uh, no, I, and and my boss was like, basically, why didn't you lie to get out of jury yeah, duty? There and I'm you like, go. that's I, what I'm talking they about. They asked, they asked about opinions about chiropractors, and this is 2003 before I had yeah. been to one. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I think they're quacks. And I'm like, that is strong enough to get me excused from one side or the other. I don't know who wants a chiropractor's right. opinion uh, to be like is valued. That, is that strong enough? Well, here's the thing. No. Because they're like, oh, we accidentally said the name of the victim he's supposed to, or the, the name of the defendant, and he's supposed to be tried under a pseudonym. Let's keep the same jury, but bring in our second case of the day. And so my chiropractor answer meant nothing for the second case. Wow. And so, you know, it was, it was very boring. You know, I had a tiny little legal pad. I drew a picture of somebody like literally beating a dead horse because that's what it felt like. Yeah, of course. We got yelled at by the judge because we were like, hey, does this guy have insurance? He's like, no, you can't take that into account. Which he didn't say it like that. He was like, how dare you question if this man has insurance? That's not a factor at all. Like we were idiots <laughs> for not knowing the finer points of jurisprudence. Um, can I tell you a really funny thing? Yes, absolutely. And we're not talking about the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard case, but did you did you see the interview that Amber Heard did? No. It was there was one line in it that made that was so funny and it was circulating. Like they said to her, they said, "Are you disappointed that the jury, uh, you know, sided with Johnny Depp or whatever yeah. during this case? Something, you know, whatever the right. question was." And she goes, "I don't blame the jury at all. Uh, Johnny Depp is like a fantastic actor. He convinced the world." that he had scissors for fingers. That's very funny. Isn't it so weird yeah. to say? I thought that was so funny. I was like, what the hell? Why would you ever say that in an interview? By the way, I asked... you being serious. I asked our, our law expert pal, Bagley. Uh, Jim Bagley, uh, I said, just for future reference, what happens if a person just doesn't show up for jury duty? Yeah, yeah, good. And he said, in Rhode Island, a small fine and a potential bench warrant. <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> That's you on the lamb. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's you with like, you know, like one of those big Ninja Turtle uh, like overcoats and the hat. Yeah. <laughs> You're running out of the Frank Turner show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they want my opinion I, I, so bad. I will say this: Tuesday morning, I explained all this to my physical therapist, and she's like, "I would have written you a note. You can't sit for that long." And I'm like, "I get you get recesses like every 45 minutes at court." She's like, "Nope. Yep. Screw you." She would have written me a note. That's so. pretty good. Man, I thought then it doesn't feel like my lie. Hey, I got a then question. Then it feels like her lie. Yeah, that's true. I have a question though. You've gotten jury duty twice. Yes, I've never gotten it once. You know what? I've gotten it three times wow. because there was another one in Rhode Island. I I got a Massachusetts one after I had already moved here. Yeah, but they still had me down in my Massachusetts address. And yeah, I said, oh, I live here. And in fact, no, I I may have gotten called a fourth time. What? To, and I got none. I got called to Indiana when I had been out here for like two years. This is horseshit. Yeah, I want to be a jury guy. What? Well, well, no, yeah, you're, you're saying you, you lie. You're you're saying you're racist. You don't want to be a jury. You're, you're not going to row turn the Wade three. Yeah, that's true. I know, but I mean, that's what I want to get out of jury duty. Now I want to be a part of a jury and really create some change. Can that be a career choice or no? You can't be. No, a career you can't be juror. a professional juror. No, it's mm, random. You get professional called. Juror. But I'll say this: so you're probably registered in Rhode Island. Yes. Uh, um, yes, yeah, so for sure. Yeah. So you might get called for jury duty here, but you have something going on in New York. Is that, you know, like, basically, I don't know how you handle 
like split living situations. Oh, true, true. Um, but you know, true. my mom's like, oh, I got, there was once where I had already purchased a plane ticket and I contacted them and said, here's the date. I bought my ticket. Here's the date of the flight. And they're like, yeah, you're fine. Yeah, th- I think I think that's what would have happened if you said, hey, my friend is coming in from another state for us to do something. I, I don't think they would have allowed that. Really? I really don't. Why not? Uh, I don't know. Because they would have deemed it not important enough or, oh, or whatever. Oh, out of here. Your mom's plane thing is important enough? Well, she, me, already, she, already, she already had the ticket. Like, I already bought there's, the, there's a financial investment. Yes. Yeah, and the and the concert that's a gas. I mean that's a financial. Yeah, um, I would like to be at a jury. I don't know. I think I'd be good. Although they, do you think that they don't want you to be animated? They don't want no. you to really scream stuff out. No, no, no. If you're if like if you know Jacques, you can't do that. No, probably. no, you're not accusing anyone. You're listening. You're oh, making right. the decision. Someone else did Jacques. Yeah, I'm there. Okay, I say et tu brute. No, 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 okay. no. You don't. You don't say much at all. Do those? Do those come from the same story? I don't think no, so. No, no, no. You're off by thousands of years. So, okay. Defendant? Oh, yeah, no, no. Who's the first guy? The plaintiff? Plaintiff yep. says, Jacques. Yeah, they're accusing the defendant. Then the defendant says, Ed tu, Brute? Mm, well, <laughs> that depends. Is Brutus accusing them? <laughs> yeah, or Jacques? stabbing them? I mean, still, Well, is it Brutus? I, I mean, that's a I specific person's name. So, Jacques, Ed tu, Brute, then I'm there. What do I say? Uh, you no, nothing for yeah hmm and it's the scratching of a pen on a, a legal pad. I've always been kind of confused it about the so boring. I've always been confused about the relationship between jury, judge, and like how do you like so you just say we think okay like tell me this okay it's Brad versus um, Ray. All right, right? What, what am I am I suing him? Is he suing me? What's the deal? Ray Brad okay Ray has started a TV show uh-huh. called. Um, uh, Brian, uh, let's see, what's it, what's a similar, Chad. Okay. It's called Chad and it's based on your life and it's just like you and it's like, you know, you're like, get too mad at things and you're like, has beady eyes and yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? He's just, the he's second just time like you brought up my beady eyes today. <laughs> he has erectile dysfunction. Okay. The cat pheromones are turning him on. He can barely function. <laughs> Everything checks out and it's just water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's Chad. And he's like, hey, everybody, it's me, Chad. Here's my best friend, Huck. You know what I mean? It's a clear ripoff right. of your life. Every part of it. He has a bad back. He hunches his shoulders. You know what I mean? His arms are too long. Everything about you is is related to Chad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you say, Jacques to Ray, Ray stole my identity. This guy, you know, he yeah. has boils all over his back, warts on his feet. It's just like, it's like looking at a mirror right, when you see right. the show. Who's, who's cast as him? And let's see, he has pubic hair under his arms. Oh, well, I... <laughs> It's just armpit hair at that point. <laughs> it's armpit hair. Um, and Ray is like, oh, I can't believe this. At two brute? That's what he says to you. Yep. So you guys are, you guys are, it's Ray in court, Brad in court. I'm suing Ray. Yes. I'm the plaintiff. You're Ray is the Ray. defendant. Yeah. I'm in the jury. Okay. Okay. It seems like a conflict of interest. <laughs> well, well, hold on. Can conflicts of interest be equal? So it's like you're conflicted with him and you're also conflicted with wow, him. Wow. Equal, huh? So it's completely equal. Equal conflict. All right. What do you say about that? Let's uh, just say for the purposes of the hypothetical. Yes. Now, so, now there's 11 other people on the jury with you, so okay. it's not just you. It's Christian, my cousin. Okay. <laughs> it's all. It's randomly all people that yes. are part of our lives. Yes. So we're in the jury, and they're like, Brad says that Chad is a ripoff of him. Right. Right? Then we watch an episode of Chad, and this guy hates his job. He has a cat that's scared of everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, he's He could barely run. You know what I mean? His yeah. knees don't work anymore. Nope. 
and, and all these different things that are just, and then you have a big list of traits yeah. of my traits right. and this guy's traits, pubic hair under the arm. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and maybe my lawyer, my, my lawyer's like, please show under your arm. <laughs> and I raise my arm and then they like go to a still from the TV and it's the same thing. He has, you know, on his back, he has like pus coming out of his boils. Yeah. Some cat scratches on the back as well. I love it. I love putting on the idea that you have boils all over your back. Yeah, I do. I do. You know, it's a toenail fungus issue that no medicine has been able to help. It's starting to spread. <laughs> In retrospect, I regret trying to use my fingernails to take care of the toenail fungus because now it's just a nail fungus. And you know how it started? He was trying to scratch his boils with yes, his toenails. Yes. <laughs> all right. So... Clearly, Chad is based on Brad. I used to be way more flexible. <laughs> so I'm there. And I'm like, hmm, hmm, there's 12 chucks in the thing. And we say, we find the defendant guilty of ripping off Brad's life. Yes. Boils and all. Yes. Warts. Yep. And uh, so that is all we say, like, guilty or not guilty. And then the judge is like, hmm, guilty, eh? Well, now I'm going to tell you what I think about how long no. Ray has to go to jail. Uh, first of all, it's not a criminal case. <laughs> If it's the state versus Ray Harrington, then it's a criminal case. Maybe Ray's going to jail. <laughs> well, Ray, no, the jury would. The, the jury, I think, in most cases, would also find for damages. There are different types of trials. Right. So here we go. Here's my notes from my jury duty thing in 2003. I can't believe I wrote. I wrote all of this out. Yeah. Uh, so basically, the the thing is, on March 29th, 2001, uh, an older man named Murray was stopped you know in his car and then it's his 92 geo tracker it was stuck struck from behind by a white four-door ford driven by christina okay christina admits to being at fault for the accident okay so that's the the particulars of the case witness number one wife of murray yep. named mary okay not a joke yep. mary and murray yeah uh says that he was in fine health before the accident after the accident um not so much he was recovering and uh, she and her family had to do all the work around the house while he was gone. Yeah. Witness number two, Murray himself. Uh, this was the longest and boringest testimony of the day mm -hmm. as the plaintiff's attorney went to great lengths to establish he was in good health before and then back afterwards. Uh, it took about two hours to be like, you were in good health then, not in good health after the accident. Yep. Uh, the, the cross-examination, blah, blah, blah. He'd given some incorrect answers during his deposition, which had taken place six months earlier. He blamed it on a faulty memory. Uh, I left the first day of the jury trial convinced he wasn't getting a dime. Okay. Next day, he was still going. Witness three was the chiropractor. Um, saw him, blah, blah, blah. Look, testimony, looked at the neck x-ray, treated him based on it, short recess, uh, because they didn't know how to work the overhead projector. Yep. Uh, then we got to look at the x-ray, and my back injury was worse than this guy's back injury. Mm -hmm. um, I drew a hilarious stick cartoon of a stick man with a crooked spine going to see his chiropractor. Um, if there was shoulder pain, why didn't you take a sh an x-ray of the shoulder? It's a question the defendant's lawyer asked. And what did they say? Uh, I, 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 this, this witness sucked. It was also revealed that he had been paid $900 for his two-hour testimony. So what you need to become, not a professional juror, you need to become an expert witness. Wow, a professional testicle man. 
<laughs> I don't know. Yep. Testimonial. Test- uh, then the defendant, Christina, was, uh, was the only witness called by the defense. She said, hey, I, I had a three-month-old son. Yep. And, uh, you know, she said the light was green. He didn't advance. He claims the light was red. Uh, but it was a... It was a weak testimony. Four crappy witnesses. We retest for we recessed for a two hour lunch. Wow! I had meatloaf. Uh, went to a driving range down the street. Uh, the judge, the judge's final instructions. Yes. So this is where the judge kind of controls what the jury is going to do. He said, "Pre existing conditions don't matter. Oh, so wow. if your shoulder hurt before and your shoulder hurts again, that that doesn't matter." Because it exacerbated the pain, okay. uh, pain and mental anguish. The fu- the plaintiff was asking for eight thousand six hundred and seventy five in medical expenses, okay. two thousand one hundred and twenty five in lost wages, and between thirty to forty thousand in pain and mental anguish. Wow. The defendant said, like, basically, they they knew their goose was cooked here, and they said five thousand in medical, twelve fifty in lost wages, and twenty five hundred in mental anguish. Wow. Ten thousand total. Yeah. So we went back to the jury room and we agreed, like, yeah, based on what the judge said, how we how we're supposed to look at this. Uh, it was there was a preponderance of evidence. We yeah, so we went yeah, we 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 came out with ten grand, and uh, if the judge's ruling hadn't been spelled out the way it was, I'm sure the outcome of the case would have been different. But we followed the letter of the law, and although I feel bad for the defense attorney because she tried hard, um, I think we did our job well, and uh, that was it. So. The judge kind of told the jury what to look for. Okay. But then the, does the judge just make the decision of what the penalty is, though? No, we, we made that decision. So, so I mean, sorry. So the judge sort of ballparks it. Right. He, and, and passes it over to the jury. Yes. And then the jury says this, but then does the judge make the final decision no. on what you've... No, we, really? We, we, so we come back. If we had come back and said, you know what? We don't believe he has right. any mental anguish. Uh, we could have awarded him just the medical money. So is it different in criminal cases, though, maybe? Different in criminal cases. Because then the judge decides they're going to go to jail yeah. for this and, long. And it, and it varies okay. state to state and case yeah. to case and all right. that. So I get it. Yeah. Well, that was a really entertaining episode about the law. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we learned about just skipping out on jury duty. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sorry to end on such a weird note, but... <laughs> I felt the need to uh, contribute like an actual thing. If you want to become a professional juror right. or professional, I believe the term you used was testicle man. <laughs> yeah, I believe that. It's correct. You need to know what you're getting into. Um, so yeah, thank you. For and the Brad's Boyles, I will say I did exaggerate how pussy they are. Yes. So that, you know, the cat is scared of my boils. Yeah. I mean, I will say you de- you need to change your shirt. Yes. Because, yeah. you know, it's been an hour since you put it on. Yeah. So it's time to. It's <laughs> stuck to my back. You're going to have to <laughs> I'm gonna feel, really help. For most of red shirts, we have to cut them off. Yes. <laughs> we use the jaws of life. Yes. We got a, we got a, we got a retired pair from the fireman. Yes. Um, but, uh, all right, buddy, that was fun. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, it's good stuff. I, uh. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or otherwise, are you a professional juror? Uh, send us an email, chuckandbrad at gmail.com, or find the email link through chuckandbradpodcast.com. Yeah. Uh, always happy to hear from you all. Uh, have more stuff coming for next week's ep. Yep. Uh, but yeah, thank you all for listening. We appreciate it so much. That's all I've got. That's all I got. Deuces.
I swear, I'll kill you. I swear, I'll kill you. I swear, I'll kill you.